Put, 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 put. All Packers, all the time. Matt LaFleur has to do more to make it better for him. That said, he did. The, Jordan Love did not play well enough last night. And that's what happens with first-year starters. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically them. or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. <laughs> it's Jason Wildey on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are Driven by you. Also sponsored by Century Foods. Win two tickets to see Green Bay host Kansas City on Sunday, December 3rd. Compliments of Century Foods. Find the weekly code on Century's Facebook or Instagram and enter to win. Jason Wildey was up at 1265 yesterday, taking in those press conferences by the Packers Brass. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today? Yeah, I, 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 I'm guessing that on Twitter they would say I did more than took them, took them in. Well, we were just about to get to that. <laughs> um, oh, what was goodness. your biggest takeaway from, from, let's just start with Goody. What was your biggest takeaway from Goody's press conference yesterday uh, in Green Bay? Uh, my biggest takeaway, I was just telling Josh this, is that uh, there's part of me that just wishes that those were not broadcast. Like, I... You know, you guys know me well enough by now, Jen. You and I have known each other forever, and we've been to plenty of press conferences and locker rooms together. Like, I, I really and truly believe this. I, this is not like, this is not performance. This is not theater. Like, I just want answers, and I do. I like. I've known Goody for twenty-five years. I like Goody as a dude. Um. I, I don't want it to be combative. And I didn't really think it was that combative yesterday. Um, I still don't understand what his definition exactly would be of tanking. I'm sure we'll get to that. But I, I just, I don't, I, I was a little bit, I don't want to even say bothered because I knew it was going to happen afterward. But I, I don't want it to be about how the exchange went. So I want it to be about the answers or lack thereof uh, you know, like whether the answer is good, bad, revealing, not revealing, dishonest or honest. I just want the focus to be on that. And it did feel, you know, I had the, the one tweet, my favorite tweet was, F and get him, Wildy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, get him. what I'm doing here, yeah. man. Like, come on. <laughs> so anyway, that was, my takeaway was he was not very convincing. That would be my takeaway. Jason, I watched... Um... Me and Gabe did a thing on YouTube yesterday where we took five plays and just uh, I dissected them from the offensive line to the receivers Ooh. and stuff like that. Where can I find that, too? I don't know. Uh, it's uh, it's it's being edited as we speak. I believe the uh, goal for it to be released tomorrow, so we get it out to people before the game on Sunday. But but the game is right. the game is the game, YouTube. Jason. They, they teach the same. That's the place. The same <laughs> techniques, I believe. Thanks for answering the question, <laughs> Jason. They teach the same techniques and philosophies and all that. It's It doesn't change from year to year to year. And I'm just watching this thing, scratching my head, and it goes from formationally to technique to guys are making moves on defenders that aren't even involved in the play, Gabe. And you can – I'm like scratching my head and like either these players are, don't get it or they're being coached very poorly because I'm sitting there scratching my head. And you can see, just stuff doesn't time up. The guy's got three yards to go into his route, and Jordan's ready to throw the ball. 
And it's it's across the board, Jordan included, that like I'm like, what in the hell are they doing? Because Jason, normally you can understand concepts of where they want to go with the ball. There's plays I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Well, and, if you don't know, then how's the defense? But, that's what I'm exactly. I mean, element to the players. The players deserve a lot of the blame, but I think from what I've seen, the coaches deserve equally as much. I mean, Chewy, you tell me that defenders are smart and they know their own concepts. If they invent their Jason, new round, their own round example. concepts, when 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 Watson has his shoulders turned to the inside when he still has two more steps to go in his route, I'm like, this isn't North Dakota State. Bad players in this league are really, really good. And I'm yeah. just scratching my head. Where He is in uh, week eight of his second year. And this is like, this is a joke. It's a joke. But to be fair, I've also seen college football players this season who have tracked a deep ball on their inside shoulder and then been able to make the adjustment to their outside shoulder and make the catch. Yeah. Like, you should still be, if you look up there and you're not tracking it properly, you should still be able to. It is a high-level move, but you should still be able to go to the other side, make that catch. It's crazy, Jason, because one of the things, when you make the the jump from, I'm sorry, I'm hogging all the time no, here. No, hey, when, when you make out, the man, jump right? from, J- Jason, when you make the jump from college to pro, you have to get rid of all your tells. You have to get rid of all your tells, and you have to learn that. College, you're just better than the guy in front of you, and you can do whatever you want, and you're going to get open. Not in the pros. And all I see littered all over this offense are tells. tells. Like lazy routes? No, turning your shoulders. Well, if you're turning your shoulders to the inside with, with, a, with a, a step and a half to go, you're probably not taking it to the corner. So the guy just stays on your hip. It's just absolutely, I'd be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed. If I was a tight end coach, I'd be embarrassed. That's how bad I think it is. Now you can talk. <laughs> I don't know if there, I don't know if there was a question in there for you to <laughs> respond ahead, to, Jason. <laughs> there was definitely not a question in there. Ah, you can talk. <laughs> Jason, I, be I, my new interview I was just going to say, Jason, if you don't start employing that in your press conferences, just going on a diatribe and then going to Goody, and now you can talk. Ah, you can talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I asked this question, Jason. Uh, wait, real quick. Yep. Real quick, uh, Gabe, because I, I, even though there wasn't a question there, um, I, and I, I would say this, and, and I, I think you could go back probably if, you went into your archives with Gabe Chewy and looked at the 2015 season and you looked at Devante, you would probably see tells, right? Yeah. You would probably see that kind of stuff. And, and the one thing that my goal beyond, you know, the discussion of Rasul Douglas being traded and where is love and his development my goal yesterday, one of the questions that I really wanted to try, and, and Domofsky had the same thought, so we kind of tag-teamed him, was were you, was it a miscalculation to say, I want these guys to all grow together? Was that a mistake? And, and I admitted in my question, I don't know if you guys heard it or not, but my question was, hey, I, I have to admit, at the time, the logic made sense to me. But everything that you just detailed, 
I think is part of the problem of doing it this way instead of staggering your skill position players in terms of their experience. And yes, if like the kid from the Rams that's coming in, Nakua uh, comes in this week, obviously he has come in from BYU and been outstanding, right? He's been really, really good. Not everyone does that. And I'm guessing that if you watch film of him, you would see him giving things away, but he has just overcome that by just playing really well or, or being precise in other ways. And I look at all these young guys and I just see, including Watson, a bunch of guys that are nowhere near being finished products. And that is just exacerbating the growing pains that their quarterback is having. Mm -hmm. And the the other issue is, and, and I think this is important. I don't know what they're, I do not have a crystal ball. I have one of those Euchre eight balls, though, that they gave away at the mm, stadium once. Those time. are cool. Those are pretty cool. But, but I don't know. Like, just because these guys are, like, second-round picks or uh, guys that are being put in positions to be, you know, on the field all the time, Romeo Dobbs, et cetera, that doesn't mean they're actually going to be, like, good, good, right? Yeah, that doesn't no, mean you're gonna right. Be the, right, and so just because they're, they've invested and they're, they're giving them opportunities – doesn't mean they're going to be great players. And so maybe Goody just got some of these guys wrong. And we don't know any of this yet. And it's just created this season that, you know, during training camp, I started to wonder if grow together was a solid strategy. And now seven games into the season, I'm convinced that it wasn't. But the other thing I'll tell you about Jordan Love from the five I looked at, Jason, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this term on the football field. He doesn't throw people open. He waits yeah. till they're open, and then he throws the ball. You can't play quarterback like that in the NFL. There's not yeah, enough time. I saw a throw, There's not enough time. I saw a throw on, yeah, I agree with you. And I saw a throw on Monday night where Jared Goff, who certainly had his own growing pains, uh, threw Sam Laporta open, right? He made the throw before Laporta yep. even it was on the touchdown. And Laporta hadn't even broken, made his break yet. And those are things that really good quarterbacks and receivers who can then catch the ball when it's on top of them suddenly mm -hmm. and they didn't see it all the way can make plays on. Can and that is, again, part of the process. Can you guys. trust your wide receivers to do that, though, at this point? Like, if he's throwing Christian Watson open, how much can he rely on him to be in the right spot where he's right. supposed to be? I think that's part of the problem, too, Josh. And, Gabe, we'll get back to your question. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll just yell. Uh, you can talk. Yeah, but, Gay, um, but uh, to, to Josh's point, <laughs> you want to see that one out of every 12 times, right, Jason? Not zero out of 12. Well, in fairness, you only watch five plays. That's true. <laughs> Game <Gabe> talk. <laughs> Jason, when I hear Goody say, we're seven games into this, youth is an excuse, is that him laying the two and five record at the feet of Matt LaFleur? Um, look, I, I, this is one of the stories that, uh, I really and truly want to get people to tell me what the hell's going on with those guys. My gut tells me that, and this is where the structure thing where remember Mark Murphy doesn't even like to talk to me anymore because of me questioning that Tom Silverstein and I just hammered him, uh, in a press conference about this. And I think this is another function of that. Like, look, 
let's be clear. There were times when Ron Wolf and Mike Holmgren were not happy with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like there were plenty of times where Holmgren didn't think a guy could play and Wolf wanted the guy to play, but Wolf was his boss. And ultimately they could disagree, but eventually that's what it was. In this instance, neither one of them is, they're on the same plane of the organizational flow chart. And, you know, I thought Lafleur's answer about, you know, what, what did you think when Goody came and told you that, you know, that he was working on this trade with Rasul? And Lafleur's answer was, it doesn't matter. I was like, whoa. Uh, I, if you don't read between the lines on that, then you ain't paying attention. So, uh, look, I, I don't – this is a tale as old as time, like Beauty and the Beast. Like, the personnel people always think that they drafted the right guys, they have plenty of talent, and the coaches aren't coaching them right. Coaches always think, God, these personnel people gave us crappy players. These guys can't play. And that's what happens in dysfunctional or struggling organizations. And so I do think that there is a component to that. But to Chewy's point, you know, I'm guessing on those plays that we're talking about there, I'm guessing that their coaching level is not like elite level coaching. Like, I don't know enough about Jason Vrabel, but I know that there are some that have been either players that used to play here or others who weren't quite sure how good of a coach he was. And now he's the passing game coordinator on top of wide receivers coach. Like, I really like Steno, Adam Stenovich, their offensive coordinator. But a former offensive line coach, uh, if we're being honest, and this is uh, – Steno can be the exception, but historically, offensive line coaches do not usually end up as offensive coordinators. Agreed? Other than Andy Reid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Andy very, also, very, yeah, very that's, rarely. That's the, yes. and, and Andy coached tight ends and quarterbacks Correct. and everything else. Yeah. And my point, my point is, is that maybe, maybe Matt Lafleur is one of those coaches that needs a really strong offensive coordinator. One of the great, and Ta- Rogers would talk about this all the time, that one of the great things about their dynamic was that because you would hear Rogers sort of praise Lafleur, but you would always hear him praise Hackett, and I think there was a feeling that that triumvirate of those three guys were really good in figuring out what the offense should be. And after 19, when they were all doing zoom calls during the pandemic, that would be where Rogers always talks about the offense really took shape and took off. And maybe Lafleur, while being a good coach needs really good, solid support coaches to make that offense go way better than how it's been. See, and I was saying before, Jason, when we were chatting between the break or between the show, that the Packers are already the anomaly because they don't have an owner, right? And you can sit here and you could say, well, at least we're not the Arizona Cardinals with all of their dysfunction that their owner is creating, or at least we don't have Dan Snyder, or at least we don't have Jerry Jones who wants his fingerprints all over the roster, etc. But you're already different than the rest of the league by not having an owner. Why go a step further and be different with this wonky-ass structure where nobody reports to anybody and they're all just independently existing and you kind of just hope that you're all on the same page? Like, to me, it's just, it's too much different. The NFL works because it follows a structure. It follows a formula. And Green Bay seems to be the only team out there that's like, you know what? The way y'all are doing it doesn't work for us. We're going to be different. Yeah, and and Mark Murphy would respond to you, Jen, the way he responded to me when I was asking these questions. And he would say, if you look, 
there's lots of teams where the coach and the general manager both report to the owner. To which I wanted to say, but He's you're not, not the, the owner. owner. Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. Is it 2025 yet? <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right, Jason, we appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll talk to you again soon. You can talk at 9 a.m., Jason. You- you can talk. <laughs> I was just, just going to say, <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Take care. Be good. He's Jason Wildy. You can hear him right after Jen, Gabe, and Chewy each and every morning on Wildy and Tausch and on a myriad of other programs on ESPN Wisconsin. My friends at Great Midwest Bank understand the difficulty of feeling stuck in your current housing. It's a tough market, but they can help you prepare for your right time to find a new home if... That's what you need to do. The team at Great Midwest Bank recognizes that everyone's home journey is different, so they will work with you to explore your home goals and form a plan to get you where you want to go. Look, sometimes that means improving your current space with a renovation, which is what we did, funded by a practical home equity line of credit or other flexible financing. Or maybe it's time to get your ducks in a row so that you can pursue that dream of another home when the time is right. Great Midwest Bank is ready to help you with that if that's your plan as well. Call or click today. Just go to Great Midwest Bank's website. You know that's where you can find all of the information on how Great Midwest Bank can make your mortgage dreams a reality.